Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and I hope that you are all doing well today. Um, there is a lot of shift and change that has been going on for us collectively as well as individually. And I just hope that you are navigating the changes and the insights and the inspirations with love and grace. Um, I just brought that up because I just uh, realized there have been so many people who have reached out this week um, because of the different shifts and changes that are going on. And in fact, uh, it's something that we recently spoke about in the alchemy circle, how to navigate these different phases within our own lives. And the conversation that you will hear today supports that even more. There is a beautiful guest uh, that you'll meet named Amanda Sophia. And Amanda actually came on Reiki Radio three years ago. She is a feng shui master as well as a Celtic priestess. And she came on the podcast three years ago to talk to us about the importance of creating sacred spaces and how we can do that. She really helped us to um, understand the way that the energy of our environments, our homes, which we spend a lot of our time in, can have an effect on how we feel, different areas of our life. And in fact, I will include the link to that episode down in the show description in case you would like to check that out. But today, she came to talk to us about the energy that we are currently in and what we're moving into. So she has a lot of insight about what we can learn from Mother Nature and how even we can do some lineage healing within this season of fall, uh, what this symbolizes for us, what we can learn in this energy and what we may be experiencing. She also is going to share with you about the um, celebration of Samhain, which has become for many of us known as Halloween and why this time of year is considered the spooky season, the veil being thin, and again, what we can actually learn from this. And then we also go deeper into conversation about the winter solstice and again, what it is we can learn from this energy from this season. And, you know, a lot of people recognize and feel the energy shift and change of different seasons, um, just the shifts and changes in your personal life, whatever may be going on. And it can cause a lot of frustration. It can cause a lot of resistance. Sometimes it's exciting and we just want to move ahead because we're ready for whatever may be new. But when we understand the different energies that we may move through, not just collectively, but in our personal lives, when there's understanding of how to work with these different energies, how to make the most of these shifts and changes and the gifts that they are all contributing to your healing process, it can make it a lot easier to navigate and understand. So Amanda is going to share so much with us to help us prepare for Halloween or Samhain and to prepare for the winter solstice. She is also the creator of Divine Women Awakening, which you will learn more about and why this work means so much to her. Um, as I mentioned, we do talk about ancestral healing and she points a lot to the wisdom of earth itself. She says this is a time for us to really go into that womb space, that sacred womb space 
before rebirthing, which would happen around spring. So no matter what it is that's going on for you right now in life, I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope that you learn a lot from Amanda Sophia. If you would like to learn more about her and her work, you can visit her website, which is joinamandasophia.com. Again, of course, that will be down in the show description. I also want to remind you that this Sunday is the free Oracle class that I will be offering called Behind the Veil with the Oracle. Now, several people have ordered the deck, which I am so thankful for. And as my thank you to you, I wanted to offer this free class to support you in reading the deck more intuitively. So if you would like to sign up for the class, it is free. You can go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, and you will find uh, the registration link to the class there. Also, if you would like to order the deck, there are still some available. Again, you can find that on my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. And even if you can't come to Behind the Veil with the Oracle live, if you register for the class, you will still get access to the recording. So if you want to try to get your deck before the class begins, there's no guarantee, but orders will be going out today. So you can order today and hopefully you will have it before the class. And those of you who want to go deeper into your work with Oracle, there are other classes available for you. Alchemy of the Seeker and Alchemy of the Oracle. You can learn about all of this on my website. The final thing I want to share with all of you, beautiful Reiki practitioners out there, is there is the annual um, Reiki Rays Global Healing Summit that will be starting officially on November 11th. Now this year I had an opportunity to co-host the event. So I can tell you personally, there are some amazing interviews. There's a lot that you will learn from the people um, who were interviewed and contribute to this. When you register, you get access to watch the interviews for free on the days that they launch. So this event goes over about, I think it's six days and each day there are new interviews released. If you are registered, you can watch for free the day that the interview is released, but then the following day, you will no longer have access unless you have a registration ticket. So right now there is early bird registration. So if you would like access to all of the content, all of the teachings, you can get early bird um, registration now which I believe is $57. And that gives you unlimited access. You can watch at your own convenience whenever you wanna watch <laughs> and tune in. There are also some free gifts and offers that are um, provided from some of the contributors to the event. So I would recommend if you are a Reiki practitioner or someone just interested in Reiki, sign up for the event. At the very least, you can watch some content for free and get access to um, some other goodies. So uh, that information can also be found on my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. And if you are more of a social media person, just follow me at Reiki Radio, okay, on Instagram. So I will see you on the other side of this interview. And I hope you enjoy it.
Hey everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. Today we have the beautiful Amanda Sophia again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's so nice to have you back and to hear more about your work three years later. So thank you for coming back to the show. Thank you for having me here. And it's just so wonderful to reconnect. Yes. Well, this is the thing. And I was thinking about this before um, our conversation began today. Because when you came on the show three years ago, we were able to learn a lot about feng shui and the importance of creating sacred space, which funny enough, if you think about it, was perfect timing because this was all before the world shut down. And you shared a lot about the importance of our environment because we spend so much time at home. Now, who knew how much time that was going to be? But we didn't get to hear a lot about the other side of your work the um, divine women awakening work that you do. You're also a Celtic priestess on top of being a feng shui master. So today we get to learn even more from you and I'm excited about it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it is really, it's like perfect timing because we're literally on the heels now of what we call here Halloween. Mm. I wanted to talk to you a bit about what it is that we can learn from even these seasonal changes, because right now we're in fall and a lot of people wonder what does the energy of season have to do with our lives or with what it is we may experience. So could you talk a little bit about that? I would love to. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So um, right now, it's interesting because we're, we're coming up on Samhain, which I'll speak to. Um, but right now, this is what we look at as the beginning of the Celtic New Year. So, you know, we're going into the dark time of the year. And what, what we believe from the Celtic world and many traditions um, around the world is, you know, it's like the birth canal. We go into the darkness first to be reborn, to have a rebirth in the spring. So I I love this time of year. And like, I, I just love the embodiment of what Mother Earth can teach us and how she's constantly guiding us. You know, so we, we just had right on the, it was actually the 23rd of uh, September, we had our autumn equinox right and um that's when we start the descent right into the the dark time of the year the underworld time of the year and it's just so breathtakingly beautiful you know we're looking around and especially now like all the orange and the golds and the purples and browns and all these amazing colors on the leaves and we're like i'm looking at it just so in love with it but it's so interesting because what is actually happening is the leaves are dying and they're falling off so there's this just deep wisdom in the earth of, you know what, I understand that I have to let go of these aspects that no longer serve me. I have to let these parts of myself die in order to have that rebirth. And, and just that inner knowing. And like, that's why when we can harmonize our, our cycles, right? Because we have all that cyclical, you know, wheel within us. And just like with the moon, when we align with the moon cycles within us and above, and the seasonal cycles, like it just helps us live in that balance and that harmony that nature is always teaching us, right? So we're into this and then it's like, okay, well, what does that bring up in me? Like, I, like, and it's, you know, I think it's really, for me, it's heightened, right? I used to live in San Diego where it's nice weather all year round. <laughs> Here in Ireland, you know, it's like, it starts to get dark at 4 p.m. and it's dark by nine. So it's like, 
wow, that's, that's a lot of darkness, you know, but it's like, I'm going to step into that and I'm going to make friends with the darkness. I'm going to allow whatever I need to learn from that. So we go from the autumn equinox, equinox, right? Which means the equal, or, you know, to, to pause, to stand still, right? And then we've the halfway point between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice, which is the 21st of December, is Samhain. And that's where Halloween actually originated from. Um, so, it, you know, what we used to do is we used to carve turnips. And I don't know if you've ever tried to carve a turnip, but it's like rock. <laughs> so the Americans are very smart. They came up with the idea of the pumpkins, which is way easier. Um, but if you think about it, like Halloween, right? Everyone dresses up as ghosts and witches because the veil to the other world is so thin, right? And it is that time that we get to connect deeply with our ancestors. So this time of Samhain is profoundly powerful for healing the ancestral line to connect with our ancestors. And if you think about it, even just the honoring of this time of Samhain or these different points on the wheel, the solstice and the equinoxes, we are actually saying, okay, ancestors, we are connecting with you because all of our ancestors throughout time have connected with these times years. They didn't have computers. They didn't have watches. They, they, you know, they would look up to the sun. They would look up to the moon and go, okay, we need to, you know, plant the crops or we need to. And then this would be kind of um, a scarier time of year, right? Because they didn't have fridges and freezers and things like that. So like, you know, over here right now in Ireland, there's all the berries and there's the apples, but they have no they had no way of keeping those so they would have these huge festivals right so the halloween Samhain is on the 31st but then we have the lunar version so it, it it goes all the way until the 7th the honorings and the festivals and the ceremonies that they would do and um, but really these points last for six weeks because they take us all the way to the winter solstice yeah. um but but so they would have these festivals and they would eat and drink and be merry because they had no other way of keeping the food. So they would actually try and consume a much of it. And then it was just like, okay, this ancestral energy comes down the line. So what does that bring up in me? Even though, yes, now I have a fridge and a freezer, but what does that bring up in us that's come through that line? So I feel that this time of Samhain is really powerful. If there is energies that have come through either of your lines and I know it's been three years since we have spoke and I've, I've had to do a lot of major ancestral healing because there was stuff coming down the line that really needed to be worked with and so what happens is we notice things repeating right what happened to our our mothers or our grandmothers or great grandmothers and it's just like oh my gosh that cycle has to end like I've, I've got to complete these um so this is a really powerful time for anybody that wants to kind of work with that um, and one simple um, thing that I would suggest is creating a Samhain, an altar to honor the ancestors. And so, you know, the altars, it doesn't have to be any strict rules, but I love to bring the elements in. So the fire, right, that has that ability to transmute or transform the energy. And when you sit in an altar to light the candles, it's like a way of opening the, the sacred space. I love to bring the element of water in. So whether it's sea from the sea or a river or a well, or just water with prayer that you've, or you put it under the moon. Um, so I like to put that in, and bring the element of metal. So I put in some kind of a metal bowl or chalice 
um, and then the wood so maybe fresh flowers or leaves that you've gathered out in nature like all this can just be what you found in nature mm-hmm. um and then the earth so whether it's crystals that you have or rocks that you found and like all of these elements like the rock is for grounding and centering but also it's like the earth has this ability to to bring the wisdom forth you know the water reminds us of that movement and it brings purification so when we consciously bring these elements under our altar it's so powerful and then so many things i'm just so glad i am just notes but i have to ask you this about the elements because what you're saying it reminds me of the like five element healing elemental healing like in chinese medicine so those elements versus say some people may just be familiar with fire water air earth and ether say like this if you are doing it from your work do you think does it matter which elements we pull in or i don't think so i mean i I like to bring the air in as well so i might bring a feather that i found you know or something so it's like bring all the elements in you know because i think it's really an honoring of of all the elements, because all of those elements are in nature, you know, so what really aligns with you, and then, so then to really honor the ancestors, maybe if you have photos, or if you don't have photos, what were food that they would have eaten, or what are colors that they would have worn, or what is, what can you add symbolically, and then you can just evoke them and call them in, and then, you know, ask for the healing, if you know what wants to be healed, that needs to be healed and you know when I evoke the ancestors I always say um calling upon the ancestors that choose to be here for the highest good of all and from a heavenly realm because not all the ancestors want to come back and and do the work you know the ones that are really meant to show up and help with that will um and I, I do feel it's a very powerful time to call them in and do this work I mean anytime it's good work for a good time for ancestral work but especially Salon, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have two questions about that. And then I have to back up and ask you some other things because you just have my mind going, Amanda. So <laughs> one of the things with the it's interesting hearing about this. And I just want to point it out because a lot of people, there's a lot of like fear and demonizing even Halloween. And I remember actually a few years ago, a friend of mine and I, we researched it because we were curious, like, where did this come from? And so learning about the Celtic connections to the origin, but then also learning the side of, um, you know, in San Diego, we're next door to Mexico. So I'll also had to look up Day of the Dead and about the connection to All Saints Day, which is like a Catholic holiday or something like this, right? So I wanted to ask in... Um, the Celtic tradition with it being this time where we um, the veil is thin and all of these is there also that connection to All Saints Day or where this was somehow tied into different religious beliefs and practices or was it always considered pagan and well it it originated with the pagans yeah yeah but you know with a lot of our the sacred sites and stuff you know then it might, there might be a religious connotation brought into things, but I do feel that they're all connected, you know, whether it's, you know, of other different cultures, like it's all connected because it is a time where the veils are thin. So it's not just like the Celts that realize that it's, you know, traditions and um, ancestors from all over the world. Yeah. And that's a really cool thing too. When you really look at um, where so much has started, but how culturally, different things that we think are 
you know, um, just for one or somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, it's celebrated many places by all different names. So I wanted to ask you this too. I like what you suggest of connecting or calling in the ancestors, being very specific, those who want to come and are working with the highest and best energies for us. Some people struggle with, well, I don't know my ancestors, or perhaps they were adopted and don't know their origins. How important is that for someone to really know and do you have any suggestion or just food of thought for someone who yeah no I think I think that's really important I think you know and I, I love Brené Brown's work you know that that how vitally it is for us to all feel this deep sense of belonging you know not just trying to fit in but this true deep sense of embodiment of of in oneself but this sense of belonging on the earth in in our soul you know so if um if somebody doesn't know like you know they were adopted or and they don't know when they call upon their ancestors they're going to call in their ancestors you know so it kind of like when we do our spiritual work in some ways I, i'm not talking about a spiritual bypass definitely not talking about that but there is by just calling in the spirit aspect, our ancestors are going to show up anyway, regardless. But for beloveds that maybe didn't know family members or that want to, um, if they do know of the land that they were, like the motherland that they're born in, there is practices where you can, even if you're not on the land, where you can connect in with that land and connect with the ancestors of the land. And that is a very powerful practice to kind of, have that embodiment that I was speaking of um, and that that sense of belonging, you know, when we just commune with the land, if we can physically be there, great. But if we can't, we can just energetically connect as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, hearing you say that it brings to mind um, <clears throat> two things. One, I recently saw an interview and someone was talking about in some countries, like from a young age, children being raised to know, that they are surrounded by their ancestors and by like their spiritual or spirit council, which is so beautiful. Imagine if you <laughs> knew that at a young age. Oh, I know. Yeah. But then also the idea of a lot of us assume what our lineage may be or our ancestry may be, but even, you know, going back, we don't know what the different travels were, or interactions and what happened and I wonder if that can speak to sometimes where people have a certain calling towards certain traditions and they're like why it doesn't make sense I'm not of that culture but I mean absolutely back to what you said I mean it's all connected right absolutely and I think even one step further back is um past lives you know it's like deep calling for me I know I've had a couple of past lives in Egypt and you know other places and there's just this deep remembrance or this deep knowing or just this deep calling to go to that that land to practice these traditions you know and it's so it's like there is always a remembrance it's just if we allow that and if we we listen to that yeah and you know I have to ask you this too um especially when it comes to the connecting with ancestors like there are different ways and methods and traditions and intention Um, I love the example you gave us with the altar and being very intentional about calling in. Some people do wonder, well, I mean, what do I do? I ask them for something like, what do I do? Right. And especially because this is a time when the veil is thin and we have more of a 
an opportunity to maybe connect in a way that seems more tangible or we can feel it more. There's something in the essence where you really, do you personally find that like, okay, this is the time where I work with my ancestors in a very specific way? Like, are you asking them for guidance on your path? What do you make of this? Well, like, I feel like if you choose, consciously choose to have a connection with their ancestors, they can be there as guides for you all throughout the, your life, you know, and there will be specific ancestors that will be there with you, you know. Um, I know that when, like, I have a couple of ancestors that that work with me a lot, um, but then if I was, like, creating a sacred space and calling upon the ancestors, I'm not just talking about great, great, I'm talking thousands of years, like, it's just, you just feel them all come in. Um, but I, I kind of like to mix or kind of create words like, okay, well, what's presently happening now? So I think some really powerful work at this time you can do is really sit with, you know, just get pen and paper. It's a great way for a stream stream of consciousness, right? And just be like, okay, so what is it? What, what are the stories that are, you know, playing out in my life that maybe, you know, and then you could look at the relationship with your mother, with your father, their relationship back. And you can start to kind of identify because some things are really, really obvious. And then some things are more subtle. And then as you start to investigate, you're like, like, because that's what happened to me. I was like, okay, I really want to find out more information on my great grandmother and, you know, on both sides. And it was like, what I found out was so profoundly powerful to my present journey now and it's like well I want that to stop you know I have a seven-year-old and a ten-year-old I don't want that to carry on down the line you know so I think when you can just bring pen to paper and just really look at what are those patterns and how are they showing up so then when you work the ancestors and I actually have a meditation I'd love to share with you and your community um where you can evoke the lines of energy you do this practice first but then you basically you know have this healing light and you can just pass it back all the way through the line and if you could just visualize that even just for a moment like thousands of ancestors all the way back and you're just they're just choosing to heal the line all the way back you know so there's some beautiful practices visualizations journeys that you can do to really you know to really cultivate that healing that you want to oh that is beautiful yeah and hearing you say it I can feel it in my body even just thinking of the vision um, that goes with that and you know this goes back to in a way one of the things that you mentioned a little bit ago you said you know this time of year where we're going into the season of darkness. Um, You said becoming friends with the darkness, but it made me want to ask you about this as well. Um, Because I often think of how we have to see differently in the dark, you know, in the sun and the summer month, like everything's illuminated. It's easy or maybe to see, but we have to learn how to see in a new way going into the dark, so to speak. And also how do I not see the dark as the enemy or this horrible spooky thing not to mention it's interesting that Scorpio falls right in here too right like that deep like oh wow yeah so I wanted to ask you about that like what for you in looking at the nature of the season and becoming friends with the darkness how does that support us and our path like why is this even a necessary part because uh, you know people just want to be in the light <laughs> yeah I know and and I think that 
we have to be really careful with that, right? Because yes. why is yin and yang there? Why yes. is divine feminine, divine masculine? Because, you know, there there is that part to who we are. And um, if we are, you know, what's that saying? Everything, whatever we resist persists, right? And I think that, you know, speaking of the, the spiritual bypass. So what I love so much of this time of year is it does invite us like into that underworld and to really look at that shadow sister that shadow aspects of ourselves be willing to look at you know all the emotions and things that come up you know the things that we we want to reject like the the sacred rage the jealousy all of those it's like okay let's shine the light into the darkness here and let's see what these things are coming up and how they're playing out in our lives and let's make friends with and fully accept and embody all parts of ourselves so i think there's such magic and alchemy when we're willing to go into that darkness and not always just be like it's so easy to be <laughs> self-loving and everything and everything perfect the light is shining the sun is shining but it's like okay what about in that dark night of the soul I mean that's when the transformation happens and I'm not I'm not saying because I don't want to you know subscribe to we have to go through the dark night soul in order to grow and transform that no we can do it in joy we can do it but there is a time where we are really going to have to make friends with those aspects of ourselves. Otherwise, it's going to come out in these really unhealthy ways. And so it's like the yin and the yang. It's like the expansion, but there's contraction, you know, and it's like we have to be willing to do that. We can't be in this space all the time. It's just not how we're made up. I mean, look. Look at the seasons and look at the moon. There's always the full moon and the new moon. And then it waxes and it wanes. Like those cycles have to keep happening. The moon can't be like, I would be full all the time. <laughs> it's so funny. Like listening to you describe it. I, it feels like if there wasn't a fear of the dark, whether that's like literally the dark season or what it is that we start to recognize and touch within ourselves that perhaps we were uncomfortable with at some time yeah. that the dark could actually feel very like cradling and nurturing. Oh, absolutely oh, like it would just hold you yeah. <laughs> like you're in the cave you're in the womb like yeah. you know it's like oh yeah it's it's vital like it's it's, it's a part of our evolution and our growth our spiritual growth or you know it's like there's spiritual awakening but there's also like the growing up you know and we have to embody both aspects and you know take responsibility for our choices and like be clear about that I'm so glad you said that because I think there's so much emphasis on that like the spiritual awakening and I want to wake up blah, blah, blah. but there is that part of okay well even if as you come into different phases and cycles of awareness then what do you do because you can be aware but what do you do with what you become aware of and are you willing to do the work to grow and I want to, you know, take this deeper into the winter solstice. But at this point, because of what you've shared, I really do want to ask about the work that you do with the Divine Women Awakening, because you, you know, this is obviously a passion for you. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So it's it's a year long journey. And it's literally what we've been talking about. So the, the journey for me really starts at the autumn equinox. So it's like, what do we need to release? What do we need to let die? What patterns? What thoughts? What ways of being? What stories do we tell ourselves? Like, 
It's just like the letting go part, right? And if you think about it, like nature's just always teaching us, but if you think about it, she's so brave, the tree, Mother Earth, like she's willing to stand completely vulnerable and naked to her soul all winter long, no leaves, you know, just here I am. And, you know, it's just that deep, she's deeply grounded into the earth, you know, she stands strong, you know, she's not rushing around trying to do anything. So I really base the whole divine woman awakening based on like, so we move through the year. So that's kind of the energy of the autumn equinox. So then we move into Samhain you know, going into the underworld. Um, and I work with a lot of the goddesses. So um, the, the goddess of Samhain is the Morrigan and she's the goddess of sovereignty and authenticity. And, you know, she has a sword. So she'll like cut through anything that isn't of the truth. You know, it's, it's like the, the shedding, the letting go, the authentic voice, the true voice, you know, um, doing that ancestral work. And then we, we move on to the next spoke on the wheel, which is the winter solstice. So that's the time of dreaming and being willing to go inwards and to pause, right? Because like, I really loved living in San Diego, but it's like, there isn't really that time to pause because it's 70 degrees, 365, you know? And it's like, here in Ireland, it's like, get into your house now and put the tea on the fire because it's dark for, you know, yeah. a month now, you know? And so you're like forced in it. You could be snowed in, you know, you could be rained in, whatever it is, but it's like mother earth goes, no, you're going to take this time to reflect, to go inwards, to pause, to dream, to plant seeds. So that's what we do. We go into the shadow aspect. We go into, you know, reflecting on, on what it, all those seeds that we want to plant as we then come into Imbolc, which is the 1st of February. Um, but back to the winter solstice, it's such a powerful time, you know? Um, and that's really related with the Irish goddess. She's she's called the Kaliak. She's the wise crone, the hag goddess. And, and she's beautiful. If you could visualize her, she's got a, a big apron and she has all the rocks in her apron. And the mythology behind is that she runs um, over the fields and she throws, she's created all the standing stones and the fairy forts and the cairns and, you know, and then the mountains. So she just throw a rock. So, you know, it's really that wisdom that comes to the earth. Um, and so then we move to Imbolc and that's for, that's Bridget, the goddess of the hearth of the home, the eternal flame. And so at that time you see all the little blossoms starting to come. So it's like, what are you, what are you, what's starting to blossom and to rise up within you, you know? Um, and then, and then as we go into the spring equinox, it's like really starting to, to blossom. And, you know, the sun is starting to come out, the days are getting longer. And it's like, what is that? What is that bringing alive in you? What does that mean to you? You know? And then we move to Bialtana and that's the first of May. And that's, that's the real fire. And that's the time of passion and sensuality. And um, so we work with that, like the, the inner wild woman, you know, so we go around through the whole wheel. And what is that expression that nature, you know, she's like, she's not asking permission, everything's grown wild, and she's passionate and the flowers are coming out. So it's like, how is that expressing in you? Mm -hmm. You know, but, but you've given yourself that time to go inwards, and to go into the darkness and to really think, what is that? What am I going to give birth to? You know, what am I creating? And it's a very conscious um, way of being. Yeah. And going through life. 
Uh, I'm so glad that you're sharing this. And um, I think it's beautiful food for thought for everyone listening. We actually, uh, I have an alchemy circle. And last night we we're talking about momentum, but the different pacing within it, right? And that's what you're reminding me of, because I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to be in a constant fast pace. And to your point, yes, nothing slows down in San Diego. I mean, it's a chill city, but yes, no city. It's a chill city, but you know, there isn't that. No, yeah, yeah, Yeah. but so uh, there's no force in here. No, (laughs) you gotta consciously choose it. (laughs) Like, hello, I know it's sunny, but it's winter, I'm going in. Yeah, but I think that's a good reminder for people to recognize that you know, Mother Nature really does speak to um, the non resistance of going through these cycles, these phases, and changes, and what we can really learn within Mm -hmm. that. So even speaking of the winter solstice, so like, okay, we um, have this beautiful opportunity to go into deeper connection with the ancestors and the veil is thinning and celebrating harvest that we said that it reminded me of Fat Tuesday. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's like Fat Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to give something up, just take it all in, all the gluttony, yeah. But, um, but so anyway, but so we have this opportunity, the fall, as you mentioned, like, what is it we're releasing and like really taking stock of what it is that we've grown, what we've even grown through, what's bloomed and blossomed for us. And then, okay, so winter's coming. <laughs> she watched Game of Thrones. No, I, I, I really need <laughs> to see it, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> what were you going to say? That's a thing. Winter's coming. But anyway, so <laughs> and while it may not be cold for all of us, you've shared so much beauty and like what it is that we can learn in the dark. But that does in a lot of ways, it highlights a lot of what we may have resistance to. But there's also, you know, the beauty in the dark. So I just wonder if you could speak a little bit to that, like, the gift of it like yes there are things we may have to go through transform or in the womb okay it's nice but some people just need to hear like oh there's beauty in this darkness so from your lens and even maybe in connection to the beautiful goddesses that you mentioned like what what are the gifts before we're gonna start heading towards spring Oh gosh, like I, the the one word that just came up for me when you asked that is like wholeness, mm. you know, because if, if we haven't given that, that part of, I mean, do you think about it? We come from the womb, it's pitch dark, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, when we end the physical journey of it, you know, as well, and we go back into the earth, right? Our physical body. So it's like, when we are willing to go into the darkness and there's just, infinite gifts that come in like the deep healing you know so at that stage in the divine woman awaken we do inner child healing we do the inner teenager you know we we look at all those aspects that are that are showing of themselves asking for this healing work to be done and so when we're willing to go into the darkness and to into that unbelievable quiet and stillness that's that's where the guidance comes in when we're busy and constantly in that doing that more masculine way of being right darkness allows us to be more receptive it allows us to be more creative it allows us to plant the seeds and to then create when when the sun comes out so 
um, if we don't give ourselves that chance to go into that darkness, that stillness. And, you know, I think even if you're living somewhere in the world where it is sunny, I mean, you can have your winter solstice in summer if you want. You know, it's like, to me, the winter solstice is, is an embodiment of at the healing time, the going inward, the pausing. So like if somebody has a really challenging time in June, like they go into their own cocoon of their own winter solstice, just like during winter solstice, we might go out in the world. So we're talking about these times of years, but they're also what they represent, what they, you know, can activate within us. So I, I feel like it's wholeness because if we haven't been willing to descend into the underworld and to look at our the darkness within ourselves like we don't really ever get that true aspect of full embodiment of who we are right no and I'm so glad that you bring that up that it's not necessarily going to mirror the seasons that we're in but more so that we learn from the seasons and the gifts that they bring and we could be in any of that phase any phase <laughs> during any time of our life but you also made me think of Amanda um I think a lot of times when people think of rebirthing, like maybe automatically your mind might go to reincarnation, like, oh, I'm going to come back as whatever, <laughs> whomever, right? But when you were saying that, it made me think of how we go through these cycles of rebirthing again and again. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. All the time. Lifetime. All the time. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of pressure people put on themselves of like, I should be further along or why am I not doing this right? Or, you know, I thought I healed that already. Yeah. They're just, they're just the stories. That's just the inner critic, you know? And, and as far as the healing goes, like, I really like to think of it as a spiral because you know, the way we can have a circle, right? And we might have like, let's just say beach ball size, something that needs healing and it's on the circle. Right. And we do a lot, a lot of healing around it. Right. See, I don't think it's just in the circle. I think there's this spiral, right? So that might be a beach ball. And then we go down to the spiral. We do a lot of healing. We do, and we're like, oh, there's that thing again. I thought I had healed that, you know? And it's like, yeah, but this time it showed up. It was only a tennis ball. And you go further down into the spiral. And then it might just be like the size of a blueberry, you know? So it's like, but also it's like this reminder of that wisdom from whatever it is that we've chosen to heal that wisdom will always be with us and in some ways like the challenges that we've had the trauma the heartache that we've had it will still be there it still be you know we can do all the healing but it still is there as a teaching for us and um it might have got a whole lot smaller though on our journey you know yeah well it's funny too with talking about this it makes me um think of how it seems like collectively like globally like we went through <laughs> A very long winter solstice yeah, um, and how absolutely. so much of what you're sharing could really apply to even though you know we're shifting into um uh, being allowed to be out more and more interactive and all of these things but there was still so much that came up for us and I I think a lot of what you're saying really highlights the importance of sitting with those things like not running away from them sitting in them and now we're approaching this season that teaches us how yeah. that really teaches us how to do that and I love that I I want to ask you even about um being a Celtic priestess because it just sounds so fancy but <laughs> this <is> random <laughs> this is so random Amanda but I wrote it down as you were talking I'm like wait I'm speaking to this Celtic priestess in Ireland and I don't know if it's related or not 
But, you know, here in the States, a lot of people in this realm think like, oh, I'm going to Ireland because I want to visit the fairy glens and this type. I have to ask you about that. So do you do work with the fairy realm and are there, what could you tell us about the fairy glens? What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're like, I want to know. Um, So, well, actually, I mean, I, as as a young child have always like being very connected with the spirit world and I would have spent a lot of my childhood like in the countryside in these fairy forests and these stone circles so I mean the thing is you know that we've got over 20,000 sacred sites in Ireland Wow! between our sacred wells um, our standing stones our stone circles our fairy forests and our parents and they all are most of them are 5,000 years older like older than the pyramids in Egypt you know and um Ireland, the country is, you know, we're called Era, which is the Gaelic for Ireland, but we are, one of our main Irish goddesses is Eru. So we're the only country in the whole world that is named after a goddess. So that's where the name comes from, Eru. Um, so even like, you know, the way I was talking about Pialtana, the it's the fire festival here, it's the passion, it's like, that's what this festival is about. Well, our Taoiseach, which is same for president, basically, comes and opens the festival. Wow. Wait, so, so that, is that the festival that we might pronounce as Beltane? Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So just to give you like a, a take on like, the, 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 you know, it's really interesting as well, because a lot of farmers, for example, will have stone circles or fairy, fairy forts and stuff on their farm. And some of them might be like, oh, it's an inconvenience, whatever, but they won't touch it because they know they understand like well first of all it could cause you know there is a lot that if farmers do go to damage these things terrible things will happen I mean I'm not into that that but um there's an honoring there's an honoring of the land and the sacredness so we have um so when I say fairies fairies um are these seven foot light beings um there was an ancient race race called the two they damon in Ireland and they were here long before the humans and then when humans came to the land they were like okay we'll move to another dimension so I I do work a lot with this mythical race called the Tuathay Damon um and so they would be what what are our fairy realm but we also do have like elementals so like the, the elements of the water the elements of the trees so if you go into the forest and stuff here you will see that you know a lot of people think when you say fairies they think of tinkerbell right. you know and so but but we have these elementals and they will be kind of that similar size but a fairy is like a seven foot pure light being wow. um you, you know and so the, the really interesting because you know you know i lead these goddess journeys around Ireland and we go to the sacred sites and everything and it's really interesting because people go oh, Ireland's so gorgeous like oh which is so beautiful but people don't understand like how powerful and deep the land runs right I always say to people before they come to the retreat like you know set your intention before you come but be mindful Ireland doesn't really let you go until that intention is you know come to fruition type of thing and it's like you think it's all oh, it's all just so beautiful and rolling green hills, but the land is deep and it's it's I mean there's there's been a lot of different energies with the land here, but it's it's not just all just beautiful. Yeah. It's it's like it it will help you do the work and it does it isn't always just it isn't always just roses, you know, the work that, that happens. Right. But it just sounds so fascinating to grow up in a country that seems and sounds like 
even to have what would be similar to your president to come open ceremony that it would be instilled in you all at such a young age to have a certain level of reverence and respect, not only for earth, but also for the other beings that we are sharing earth with. And that, 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 and I can't even imagine what that would be like to have that instilled. At yeah. such a but young I mean, it, it wouldn't be the whole land. Like it'd be really funny. Yeah. Like years, you know, I'd be, I do the geomancy where I work with the land and I do the feng shui and they would be like, oh, come around the back door. We don't want the neighbors to see, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So there is that definitely too. Yeah, right. But um, but still, it does amaze me. But, you know, I love living in the likes of California because everybody's just so open and there's such a level of consciousness there. And, like, you know, so I just think it's a different expression of it over here. Right. You know? Well, it's interesting, too, that you say the fairies are seven feet tall light beings. It reminds me of I wonder if maybe you went when you were out here. Um, a lot of people go to Mount Shasta in Northern California. OK, I've never been. But they describe seeing like these really large light beings there too yeah that's a very sacred mountain I highly recommend making a trip out there yeah yeah it's on my list but I want I want to talk about that because you mentioned you a big part of your work too and it ties in with everything that you've said really like how much we learn from mother earth and the relationship to this energy and how it supports us in our journeys um really having an awareness of that and although you have the Divine Women Awakening, which people can do this online, right? They can yeah, absolutely online with you. But you do also have in-person where you take people to sacred sites. You even train people in land clearing. Could you mm. talk a little bit about these journeys that you take and how they do help people to understand the teachings of Earth? Oh, I'd love to. And, you know, one thing I just thought of as well, though, I think that you know it's great when we're talking about sacred sites and forests and everything but I you know the way our last time together we we're talking about feng shui I think one aspect that I do just want to mention as well I think is really important is you know like creating that that winter solstice nest in your home like I think that's one thing I'd love to bring up so even if it is sunny or if it's not sunny if you're in a place where there's snow and blizzards or wherever that nourishment and that sacred space in our home that allows us to go into the darkness and that gives us enough nourishment so whether that means like I mean I'm chatting with you here because it's late at late at night here so I've got my blanket I've got my pillow you know I've got my 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 tea so it's just like creating this beautiful sacred container with your candles and you've got your altar and I just really wanted to, to mention the importance of to support our journey and creating that sacred space in our homes like and it could just be the corner of a room it could be over by a window it could it could be out in the garden if you have the climate first you know so I just I really wanted to bring that up well I want to ask you this I'm glad that you brought that up um because a lot of people do have questions about altars and you did share beautifully like ones we could create for Samhain and um that preparation but let's say I was creating a, an altar in my home for winter because you do feng shui. And listen, if you guys want more details, you have to go to her site, which the links will be below. But do would do what I just keep that altar up during the winter? And then would I move the altar for spring and then change it up with different elements because of the change of season? Oh, yeah. Completely deconstruct. Do you have several altars around your home Amanda well 
I have one in particular that I, I like to say, because I think an altar is, it's, it can be like the microcosm of the macrocosm. It can be the entire universe. You know, you've got, you've got the mountain, the stones, you've got the sea with the water, you've got the sun with the fire, you've got all the elements on there. And so we talked about how to create a sound one, but I think it's something that can be changed around as often as you feel like it. Like I definitely on every point of the wheel, like, so I have, I have my sound one set up, but then I'll create my winter solstice. And so it's like, okay, well, what is my intention for this time of year? So I might put like, you know, the Kaliak that I was talking about, the, the winter goddess, the hag goddess. I might put like, um, you know, the, the mother bear in the cave. Like I, you know, so I like if there's certain oracle cards that I pull that I want to place on there, you know, or so what is my intention? You know, is it to, you know, do inner child healing? I might put a picture of my inner child there, you know, or, you know, so it's like, what is your intention for that next season that we're in? And what would you like to cultivate? And, you know, our altars are wonderful for offering gratitude, for receiving guidance, for healing, you know, for connection with ourselves, with spirit, with the land. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, I, I, like I stay away from rules. It's just like, okay, what really speaks to your spirit? What speaks to your soul? You might change it, the crystal to some black onyx or, you know, for, to represent that winter and that going inwards. Yes. Might really feel like the winter solstice, like we have the winter solstice to remind us that uh, of the promise of the return of the light when it does get a little scary and was for our ancestors it's like oh my gosh is is our food gonna last us you know it's like okay and so then the pagan kind of more druid was the winter solstice so then you know christmas came from that and that's why there's red tinsel and lights everywhere so it's to keep our spirits high you know so it like we don't go descend into that darkness so much that it's like you know, we have to, we have to have that yin yang. We have to have that, that, that union within us as well. Yeah. Wow. That is so beautiful. I just, um, I'm thankful that within this conversation, I think there's so many different elements you pulled in to really provide like some teachings for us today, a lot that we can chew on to understand, but I do want to make sure again, um, People do know that with the Divine Women Awakening, that is something that can be done with you online. But as I mentioned, you do have different types of retreats and different types of trainings that you do there with sacred sites and land clearings and all of these different types of things. And I know we're running out of time, but I did want to ask you about that aspect because a lot of people talk about clearing their home. And mm -hmm. of course, I'm sure you spent a lot of time with this being a feng shui master. Yeah. <laughs> but clearing the land, could you talk a little bit about the beauty of that? And um, it's coming to ask you, like, even like ways we can give reverence, maybe even to the land that we may live on and just how that may contribute to our consciousness of having like just thankfulness for the land as we travel oh, the yeah, day. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I literally am orgasmic. God, look at that tree look at the mountain <laughs> oh my god like there and like you know what I I really feel in nature like I look at a tree I'm like oh my god it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen but the beautiful thing about nature is it's looking back at us and thinking the exact same thing you know it's just that mirror that reflection and um like the land like I live I, I live really far in the country. I've got a, a sacred mountain across here. I've got forestry all behind and, you know, houses are very close and the nearest town is like a little bit away, but 
may it be a town it's really just a pub that's also a shop and also a post office <laughs> <all the time. laughs> so um so like I have a lot of nature all around but um so to answer your question when it comes to connecting with the land like I do that daily so whether it's like you're barefoot out in the land whether you're just putting your hands on it whether you're doing prayer with it I mean on every menstrual cycle I will offer my blood to the land as well and the reason why I do is one it's like giving fertility back to the land giving gratitude but I also do it mindfully in such a way that I'm offering my blood in peace and love so there doesn't have to be bloodshed that is not of that you know so there, there's a clear intention um I made drum on the land just just giving the the land love and attention so that's like simple ways you can connect with the land but when it comes to land healing and land clearing that's a whole nother kind of level of stuff so I've talked about a lot of the beauty of Ireland and a lot of kind of the the magic of Ireland but there's also been a lot of trauma to the land we've had famine where so many thousands and thousands of people died you know we've had war here you know um so when there's been a lot of bloodshed on land it, it can be very traumatic for the land and it can hold that imprint, that energy, unless it's cleared and released. Now, the land itself, just holding that energy will be okay. You know, the beauty can still grow. But the problem is when a house is built on top of the land mm -hmm. and the occupants are living on top of that. Because, you know, it's like the same thing when we talk about space clearing. You know, people are having fights and divorces and sicknesses and like all that stress and worries and energies go into the walls, into the ceilings, it goes into the carpet, you know, and unless it's cleared, everybody else that carries on living in that house or new people that move in are moving into that energy, you right. know, unless it's cleared. So it's the same thing with the land. And then there's, um, if there's been a lot of like construction on the land, it creates what we call geopathic stress um, or if there's underground water. So again, geopathic stress is okay for the land, just for the land. Same thing with water, but if a house is built over it, it can cause sickness for people that live, live in it. So, um, you know, the, we I use dousing rods, but a lot of the time, or a pendulum, and, and then sometimes I just douse with feeling it, you know, um, and then just find out where these lines of energy are or why people are experiencing what they're experiencing in the home. And so we can do rituals and ceremonies with the home to clear that trauma out of the land, to clear whatever through blessings, through offerings to the land. And so then it rebalances it for people to live there. Okay, so is that something that people can only do with you in person or is that something also? Oh, yeah, I teach. I have a, a actually it's myself and Alex Stark and he's an absolute incredible shaman and geomancer. He's been doing it 45 years. Wow. I actually started training with him 25 years ago. So between the two of us, we've got about 70 years, not including <laughs> the lifetimes that we'd be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's amazing it's a full certification to really understand like how to work with the land and you know it's like uh, I'm sure Yolanda you feel this way as well but our work is our medicine and as we heal the land it heals us as we heal, you know as it heals us we heal the land and you know a lot of the time this work that we're doing you know it's it's healing it really is oh. That is so beautiful. Well, I have two more things I want to ask you about. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to make it quick because I know we're really running out of time. One, I want to ask about your podcast because people always can have like more resources, beautiful oh. things to tune into and keep learning. But I also wanted to ask you about this because you're a Celtic priestess and 
nowadays, I think um, a lot of times when people hear the term priestess, they assume like it's from another time, like another <laughs> another lifetimes. So long ago when the priestesses existed. No, right? But but this work has carried on, like you said. I mean, like not only just through um what may be retained in memory from other lifetimes that may be reactivated, but also what's passed down through lineage, on and on, all of these different ways. And so I wanted to ask you about that. So what is a Celtic priestess? And how does your work, is this like a big part of what you share or is it something that's just more part of your personal work? I think it's definitely both. And to be honest with you, like there's not really a difference between my work and my personal life, right? Because what do I love to do? What's more joyful? Like is going to the sacred sites during ceremony. Well, that's what I do for work. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or like I get to hang out with you. We chat about this. Is this work? No, it's not. (laughs) So there isn't really, you know, a different, like I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, yeah, you know, the admin stuff that needs to be done or whatever, but for the most of it, it's like the divine woman awakening and the geomancy, it's just an expression of what I do on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Yes. Including the dirty laundry and the dishes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and all that as well, you know. Um, but I like what is a priestess? I feel like a priestess is number one, somebody who does their inner work and is not going to go around projecting <clears throat> and you know, is willing to do that inner healing in order to have that clearer connection with source, right? And the land, the goddesses, you know. Um a priestess to me is somebody who is fully embodied is connected with land but also you know is present and you know but still be connected yeah somebody who's just like you are you are like you are priestess they're in service in their community right and want to raise a conscious but also walks their talk you know like I feel like if I was to explain now of course you know I do things like um, ceremonies for hand fasting which is a spiritual wedding right or baby naming or you know um which is a, there's a ceremony called a greening which is when a little boy or girl turns seven and it's their first stage of kind of moving out in the world and um and then there's when a, a girl gets the first time she gets her menstrual cycle like how sacred and beautiful that is because um like we were we we're talking about that winter solstice like we all have that winter us women right that are still menstruating uh, we all have that winter solstice throughout our month every month right and I think so many women look at it as inconvenience they get cramps or whatever but it's actually no whatever is coming up at that time on the full moon or you know at that time in our menstrual cycle is coming up to be heard to be seen to be witnessed to be healed you know so it's like we have our own winter solstices every month you know there's that time in our cycle where we're just like i can do anything <laughs> you know that's that's our summer solstice you know <laughs> um, but we all and so it's like really honoring oh that's your creative time that's your healing time that's your deep intuitive time that's not an inconvenience do yeah. you know what i mean an inconvenience to the productivity it's like you know i i've i've really constantly remind myself of that all the time you know it's like that inner perfectionist or that inner just like constantly striving and achieving it's like no no let's just pause and let's take this time and what is really 
here. And for me, it's nature. Nature just brings me right back in, right back in, drop in to what is important here and what is not, you know? Amanda, I wish I could talk to you all day because- Yeah, let's keep hanging out. You know, it's really <laughs> Block your day. Oh, now it's nighttime for you. I'm like, who cares? It's I want to sleep tonight. I'll be fine. We'll just chat. Yeah. No, I love that you describe even our cycle and we go through as like a winter solstice because um, I'm 45 and it's taken a good 40 years. Uh, yeah, really, truly for me to even come into like not hating that oh. time, you know? And so, but hearing you say that, like, oh, that's our own winter solstice every month. I was like, oh, I'm going to think about it that way this time and see what yeah. that is. That was a yeah. beautiful way you described it. Yeah. And it's just like, honestly, like planning it, like I, that's part of the divine woman awakening. It's like, when are you menstruating? When are you ovulating? And it's like, okay, that time you need to go inward. So don't schedule these really important meetings or interviews or like it's your inward time. So slow it down. If you have a creative intuitive project, do that at that time. And then at the other, you know, so look at your cycle and be in harmony with yourself. Yes. Not fighting yourself and creating this inner turmoil, you know? Oh, honey, I schedule my life around it. And my friends think I'm crazy. <laughs> No, you're amazing that's it. but I'm like listen that is my time okay if I want to Netflix and chill that is what I'm gonna do <laughs> yeah absolutely I love you <laughs> you're awesome yeah yeah no this has been so amazing but I want to share with everyone too because you have this podcast called divine woman podcast and guys yeah. I'm just so excited for people to explore just uh, all of this part of your work that we've been talking about today. And as a side note, I will also put a link to our first discussion down in the show description. Oh, Could you tell oh. us about your podcast and what it is that people can learn? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. So, you know, I, I will bring a podcast out pretty much on all the points of the wheel and then just, you know, the path of divine woman and what that means to, to live a conscious, mindful life. In, and be our fullest expression of ourselves at that time. So the fullest expression of our winter solstice or, you know, embracing your inner wild woman, like society has put so much conditioning on us and like letting her be free and wild and run with the wolves. You know, it's like your sensual self, your, you know, just so the podcast is, you know, all about honoring those aspects of yourself. And then I, I still have my Amanda Sophia podcast, which is the feng shui one. Oh. So um, there's all sorts of great feng shui um, episodes on there. And your amazing one as well is on there. Your one is incredible. Oh, yes. I think it's so you'll, have to, you'll have to pop that into show notes too. I will. Yes. And now I'm thinking I'm going to have to put both of your podcasts down in the show description because they're just, you're just a wealth of knowledge and information. But the beauty is, and I really love sharing with the community are, you know, people who are really putting their work into practice I mean like you live the expression of this work and it really comes through in the way that you share and your passion about the work and what it is that you are not only learning from this beautiful planet but how you then like translate and give it back to us so mm -hmm. I'm excited about re-exploring all of your work <laughs> oh, and I feel like by the way that I'm just looking in the mirror because you are an embodiment of, of your work. I mean, you're just pure love and light and you're just so beautiful. Thank you, my love. Yeah, it's funny. My One of my friends and I always talk about like, does people know how much work it is to try to just like have Buddha in your mouth? That's our joke. Like, you know, we're trying to be mindful of... <laughs> 
I don't know who I'm being. I'm like, oh, you got Buddha in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it, it is work. And so thankful that we have all of these different ways of learning. And I've learned so much from you today. I also want to know, um, I, well, I'm not going to, yeah, well, yes, I'm going to ask you, which site is best for people to learn about your work, even though we'll put it in the description as well. Yeah, join, join amandasofia.com because that, that kind of leads to everything then, okay. all the podcasts and blogs and, and trainings and stuff like that. Everything there. So join amandasofia.com. Be sure to check that out. I mean, you have so much beautiful work I, anyway they'll see when they go but I have oh, to thank you so yeah. much for coming again my love and hopefully we'll get together again not another oh, amazing and thank you for having me it was so incredible connecting with you and your amazing community thank you my love and for everyone be sure to check out Amanda's beautiful work and our previous conversation and we'll see you next time Okay, beautiful alchemist. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Amanda Sophia. I want to thank Amanda again for coming to share with us. I love, love learning from all different teachers and um, people from all different backgrounds in terms of the work and the practices and studies that they may be interested in. And it is an honor for me to be able to have these conversations to share with you so that you can learn to support your path, your journey as well. So if you would like to learn more about Sophia, I'm sorry, Sophia, Amanda Sophia and her work, be sure to go to her website, joinamandasophia.com. And you can learn about her Divine Women Awakening course. You can learn more about all of the beautiful offerings that she spoke about in the podcast, including her podcast. She has two. So the links to all of that will be down in the show description below. Also, just a reminder, if you want to join me for Alchemy of the Oracle or the free class Behind the Veil with the Oracle this Sunday, be sure to go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, get your Oracle deck, sign up for the free class, and I will see you on Sunday. So that is all for now, beautiful loves. I hope that you have a gorgeous week and remember to always journey in love. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.